Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. For VO industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe using the subscribe button on this site. I'm Gary McFadden, the podcast co-host along with Julie Williams. Julie, what's coming up on the podcast today? Well, Gary, today we're going to be talking with Mark Cashman, a man who has done voiceovers and casting for decades. In in fact, he's been on both sides of the glass. And so he's going to talk today about how you can be better as a commercial actor and as a voiceover coach as well, and a talent and a casting director. He knows his stuff. And I did one coaching session with him a long time ago, and it was pretty enlightening. Do you remember that, Mark? Mark, it must have been... 10, I do. 15 years ago. I do. I, I remember it specifically because I was so honored to be working with you because you've been teaching for so long. And and it turns out as as over the years that I've been teaching and you probably uh, have found this to be the same thing, that some of the, my best students are teachers. Yeah. Well, and because the teachers also learn from their yeah. students. I mean, I've, I've started teaching in 93 when I'd been doing voiceover for about 15, 16 years or so. And it was, um, I, I've learned so much to be a better teacher by teaching for that long. You just learn from so many students and you also learn how to be a better talent by teaching as well. Absolutely. So Absolutely. And what's really cool. interesting is I found that some of my students have learned how to be better actors by being directors and mm-hmm. teachers as well. Absolutely. And you are coach to the stars. I mean, you coach to the coaches is what I should say, right? Yeah. I, I'm a big believer in professional development. Okay. Right now, the coaching I'm taking is more business oriented yeah. and time management oriented and, right. you know, uh, management oriented, that type thing. Oh, yeah. uh, but you've got to, you've got to cover all bases. I'm also getting some bookkeeping coaching, but really I kind of delegated it to someone else now. I, don't <laughs> I just blame you. don't want to do it. I don't blame you. But, um, but it's just, I always believe that if I ever have to stop coaching, I mean, taking coaching with somebody else, yeah. how sad is it that my decades of experience are all I have the benefit of when you have decades of experience different from mine? When we get yeah. together, think how much we could teach each other. Oh, that's, a, that's I've always wanted to do that. In fact, a, a secret goal of mine, maybe you could put this in the back burner and think about it, but um, it's interesting. They've got uh, conventions for voice actors all over the world and have been doing that for years. I haven't seen one convention for voice coaches. I haven't seen one. Oh. I haven't seen one Facebook group for voice coaches. I haven't seen one even meetup group for voice coaches. And you know, as well as I do, there are just a few, there are a few dozen people we know, colleagues who have been doing this. Yeah. But it's not, it's not a huge, it's not a huge thing. We could, we could probably get, you know, easily a hundred coaches from around the world and, and, and have a ball. I, uh, that's, yeah, you know, I would be totally into doing that because um, we could also raise the standard of integrity Absolutely. Among coaches. And Absolutely. one of the things I have wished that I was able to do is like there's a certain student perhaps that doesn't pay, that's a real pain in the derriere, that I would like to go on and say, hey, watch out for this guy. That would be that that, that would be great. That it, it, it doesn't happen often, but it would be great for 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 each all of us to give each other the heads up. No, yeah. no question about that. But um 
but I think it would be just it would be cool just to um, uh, get together, just get a bunch of teachers together in a room, and one person says. Anybody ever ever have any problem with this? And then everybody says, "Oh yes, of course." I didn't think I, I thought I was the only one. So yeah. and then so, I handled it like that. That's exactly right. That's that's it. So in the back of my mind, as if I don't have enough to do, um, I was thinking it would be great. In fact, truth, truthfully, if somebody wrote to me and said, "Hey, I'm putting this voice coaches thing together. Would you like to be part of it?" I'd say yes. But but in terms of me actually doing that, I don't have the time. I just don't have enough time during the day. I lobbied yeah. Congress. I've even lobbied Congress for one extra day a month and they haven't gotten back to me. Well, you can talk to God about a few more hours a day, but I've been doing that and it hasn't worked yet either. <laughs> hasn't worked out. No, I'm sorry. No. It's, 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 uh, they we're just spitting in the wind. That is a great idea to think about. And it's good to know that if I can find the time to do it, which, you know, I'm both into the candle too, um, then, you know, maybe we'll just put minimal time in. Yep, absolutely. And people will just have to understand that we've only got so much time because they're in the same position we are. I know. Um, know. And then, you know, just get it started, get started a little coaches association. That'll be fun. But let's talk about what we were originally going to talk about. And that was... Commercial techniques. Commercial techniques. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's really interesting. I, I, I think probably one of the easiest ways to, to address that is to talk about a recent experience I had with, um, uh, you know, Tim Friedlander and his wow. Oh, yeah. Group. And you, I'm sure you have been participated in that where you listened to auditions and gave people feedback, either written feedback or, or oral feedback, just a right. recorded thing. And um, I was going back and forth as to which would be the easier way. I decided to do written. Here's the thing I was listening for. And you, I don't know if you heard the same thing. I was involved in commercial copy. You might have been doing narration. But the one thing that I heard from, I would say, 90% of everybody who auditioned was I heard people just reading words. Mm -hmm. And because they were just reading the words, they weren't making a connection with what it was they were saying. They were missing emphasis. They, they didn't understand the subject matter. And so I would say, and, and so what's, what was interesting, I came away with the majority of the critiques I had for this group was the fact that I heard people just reading instead of telling the story. Same with narration. Narration is a story too. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And so I would say that the one thing that 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 actors can do to make their performances better is if they are connected with what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Understanding the subject matter. I can't tell you how many people who read the story but seem to miss the subject. I don't know how that's even possible. I really don't. Now. There's one technique in commercial copy that's difficult in narration. When you're doing narration, most of that stuff is fairly dense and not particularly entertaining, but still dense. And you have to have your eyes and keep your eyes on the page. A lot of that stuff is justified copy, what I call a clusterfuck of text in a box. Not easy to read, not easy to navigate through. You have to be an extraordinarily good reader, great reader to navigate through a justified block of copy. But a lot of commercial copy isn't 
justified blocks of copy that's difficult to navigate through. There are single lines, short, single lines. Right. The one thing that I encourage all of my students to do when they get a script, particularly if it's justified, is to reformat the copy with their word processor. That's why I always say God invented word processing so we could fix that copy. Well, you know, all because you get a copy in a justified brick doesn't mean that you have to accept it that way. You can reformat the copy yourself. And And enlarge the font. (laughs) Not just, that's exactly right. So that's what I I always um, recommend that they do three things. One, move every line flush left. In other words, take out the justification of both uh, margins. Okay. So in other words, move all the copy flush left and not just all the copy, each line individually so that each line starts a new thought, a new thought. You talk about that. You teach that. You teach about moving through a story, going from thought to thought to thought to thought and building the story. You teach that. I know you do. And you see this line. This is a new thought. This is in this next paragraph. It's a new thought. And I don't hear that as well. So moving every line flush left, one, bumping it up to minimally 14 point font, minimal 14. And if you got, if your eyes are bad, 16, 18, I don't give a crap what. Here's, here, you ready for this? Here's a little tip, little trick you can take to the bank. The larger the font, the less mistakes you make. Really? Absolutely guaranteed that you can take that equation to the bank. The larger the font, the less mistakes you make, period, because you have less, your brain doesn't have to work so hard. You have visual, visual acuity. And also when you move lines flush left, particularly short lines, you have something that I call white space, white space. When you have a justified block, you have no white space, right? There's no way for you to, for your eyes and your brain to pick out certain words and phrases. But when everything is flush left, you have lots of white space around these lines. Your brain loves white space, guaranteed. So one, move every line flush left. Two, bump it up to 14 point font. Three, Times New Roman. Times New Roman. That font is the font we learned how to read with. C. Dick Run was in 20 point Times New Roman font. C. Dick Run, 20 point. That's how we learn to read. So move every line flush left, bump it up to 14 point minimal times New Roman. Times New Roman font is the font that every book, magazine, and newspaper is printed in. It's the font our brains are most familiar with. Therefore, as you're navigating through it, it's one less thing you have to navigate. It's one less obstacle. Because we're multitasking behind that microphone when we're narrating, when we're telling stories. We're doing so many different things at once. So the one thing you want to do is mitigate any kind of obstacles that you have. It's hard enough to narrate and navigate through all that copy. So make it easy on your brain. Easy. Move everything flush left. So not only are you reading left to right, but you're reading up to down. Mm -hmm. Just like the Japanese. And here's the, here's the, the killer trick of all. Ready? So when you've got all these lines flush left, and particularly you've got really short lines, occasionally you've got a really short line. When you see these really short lines, there's no need to read. There's no need to say, so come on down to your local Chevy dealer. 
Do you really need to read? So come on down to your local Chevy dealer, the last line, the tagline. So come on down to your local Chevy dealer. Do you really need to read that? No, you don't. And I always say, unless you have early onset Alzheimer's, or you just did a half a bottle of Jack Daniels, or you just took a huge bong rip, you can remember. So come on down to your local Chevy dealer. You don't need to read half the time on commercial copy. Narration copy is different. Mm-hmm. Narration copy is completely different, particularly dense stuff, particularly e-learning stuff and instructional things and, 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 and explainer video type of stuff. It's dense. It's dense. You got to stay on the page. But even then, some, depending upon the copy, you can do the same thing with commercial. Make sense? Sure. So tell me, um, people, uh, actors and, and commercials, uh, there are a lot more voice acting. Actors say, where's my motivation and all this kind of stuff. Where does that yeah. come in when it comes to commercial recording? It comes down to understanding where you are and what you're doing and who you're talking to. It's being connected. In other words, look, a stage actor, when a stage actor's on stage, they are connected. They have a role. They understand who they are, where they are, and who they're talking to. They're, that's why they're believable, because they're connected. They also understand the story. They understand their relationship to other characters in the play, if there is one in the story, or the story arc that their character goes through. But commercial people, commercial copy people, they have no idea who they are or where they are or who they're talking to. So they think that their job is just to read copy. That's what I call voiceover as opposed to voice acting. Voiceover to me is 2.9% financing for 60 months on all vehicles in stock. There's no acting involved in that whatsoever. It's just reading words. But if you want to be an actor, if you want to be a commercial actor, any kind of an actor, you have to understand who you are, where you are, and who you're talking to. And most people in commercials don't do that because they think that they don't have to do that. Right. But if they do what actors do, understand, basically go through discovery and understand who they are, where they are and who they're talking to, then they'll be believable because they'll be connected. And that's what actors don't do. So if, uh, if I get an audition and they don't tell me this, yeah. who I'm talking to, no, what my don't. relationship is with them, what do I do? Well, basically, first of all, if they, if they, they, they will not do that. They will only give you, they'll only give you keywords like friendly and upbeat and energetic or compassionate or any one of those i mean millions of different types of of words so the bottom line is you what do you what you do with commercial copy is you have to understand exactly who you are in in any situation so the thing that's the one thing that actors don't ask themselves who am i in this story and they don't realize that in the majority the overwhelming majority of of, of spots that they tell they're doing one role. They're spokespeople, but they don't realize that. Mm-hmm. They just think it's their job just to read the words. But once they understand who they are, once I get people connected to the story, they can tell the story beautifully. But most people aren't connected. They're at arm's length. They have no idea who they are. Most of the times when I ask a student, I said, do you have any idea where you are telling this story? They said, well, behind the microphone, where else? I said, no, you're not. You're not behind a microphone. The, you as a person are behind the microphone, but you as an actor in this story are not behind a microphone. Where are you in the story? That's the key. Find where you are in the story. Find where you're telling this story. Being connected. But, you know, it's funny. I hear uh, uh, Dave Walsh. I just heard him talk about the other day about being connected. If you're not connected, you're not believable. Have you ever been in a play 
an actual stage play? I have, yes. And did you go through four, five, or six weeks of rehearsal with that play? Yeah, sure. That process that you went through in that play, the rehearsal was called discovery. You discovered everything about your character. What made your character tick? The backstory on your character, your, your relationship to the other characters in the play, the story arc your character went through from beginning to end, discovery. So you, that's what stage actors do. That's what film actors do. But voice actors think that they don't have to do that. They think that they can get away with that, get away right. from it. And that's the problem. That's why they're not believable. That's why they're not as believable as stage and film actors is because they're not connected. They say, my job is just to read words. No, your job is to tell a story and act and find out where you are and who you're talking to and who you are. And it can be harder because you don't have someone necessarily to play off of. I remember yeah. Dustin Hoffman saying one time that he could never do voiceover, that it was so much harder than on-camera acting. Now, mm -hmm. I personally find it to be the other way around. I mm -hmm. was a very, very mediocre on-camera actor. Yes. So I don't do that anymore. I mean, it just yeah. I didn't excel at it. I wasn't yeah. good at it. That's right. We all find our strengths. We all find what we're good at, what we're best at. And uh, There are a lot of on-camera actors who didn't go into voice out over because they were dyslexic. Uh-huh. They couldn't. They, if you put a gun to their head and said, read this speech, they say, shoot. But they that they had workarounds. They were so severely dyslexic. They had workarounds. They can memorize passages instantly. Wow. They had workarounds. Nice. They, well, they compensate for their handicap. Mm -hmm. That's what people with handicaps do. They compensate. We know blind people who can get around so well, they can get around through echolocation. We know wow. deaf people who can see so well, they can read body language. We compensate. We compensate. And voice actors have to compensate for the fact that they are cut off. They're in a little booth. They're in a tiny little room. They have no audience. See, an actor on stage has an audience. They get instant response. They say something funny. The audience laughs. They say something dramatic. The audience gasps. They have instant response. But, of course, they don't have take two. That's the right, advantage. That's true, too. That's yeah. Right. On camera, there's no take, or not, not on camera, but on, the, on stage, stage, there's no take two. Stage, there's no take two when you're in a live situation. You're, you're talking about live. You're on a wire without a net. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of voice acting. There, you, if you fall off the wire, you won't die. There's a net under you. You can do another take and another and another and another right. and over and over and over again. That's why I call it voiceover. But the thing is, is again, that, that voice actors feel that they don't have to do or think that they don't have to do the work that on stage, that stage and on camera actors do. And that's, that's, their, that's why they become, that's why they're not believable. So when I work with voice actors, I come from an acting point of view as if, again, actors on stage, actors on camera. I bring acting into voice acting and basically make that distinction between voiceover and voice acting. So, Mark, how can somebody get a hold of you if they would like to get some training in how to um, act as opposed to reading the words off the page? Absolutely. Thanks so much for, for asking. They can contact me anytime by going to my website, Cashman Commercials dot com cashman c-a-s-h-m-a-n commercials plural dot com what a great, what a great um, name cashman well that uh, I, I didn't pick it I, uh, that was that was a that was a gift um and um uh and of course you can write to me anytime at mark at cashman commercials dot com m-a-r-c and what else what else what else um and if you google my name just like yours you know pages embarrassing number of pages will come up but but there, but it's more information than I ever thought could possibly be written about me is is on there. It's sometimes my daughter will say, "Dad, 
I just I I just happened to Google your name and like six or seven or eight pages came up. And I said, that's insane. That's that's not possible. There must be another Mark Cashman. No, it's all you. So it so there's there's just a ton of information out there. Uh, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, then they can call me and contact me directly. And and the the great thing is you mentioned earlier that you were had been teaching for a long time and learned all those things. And the same thing happened with me. I was recording. I was I was casting, producing, casting and directing uh, commercials for 20 years. And then the past 20 years I've been teaching, um, which and, and and still producing and casting commercials, which is great. Plus the, the the classes and being online has just been the best of the best of the best. For me it, too, it's just it's awesome. Everybody, and just think of all the people all around the world that we work with, and I mean all around the world. Yeah, every, yeah. I, There's just every country I can think of. It's it's just it's insane. And and so yes, so you know what you and I are going to do? We're going to meet up at the next voice coaches meetup thing, whatever it is that I just planted that seed. Right. We are. <laughs> I, my, my wheels are already turning. I know it. I know it. Well, <laughs> that's why I mentioned it. Uh, that's why I mentioned it. And, and I, I may have created a monster, but, but uh, I, uh, that's okay. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. You go ahead and you say, Hey, Mark, guess what? Remember we talked about that thing six months ago about the guy, guess what I put together. And that would not surprise me for a second because you are one of the most innovative, creative, prodigious, uh, and tenacious voice coaches and instructors out there. You've helped so many people you've, you, and you've, you've turned so many lives around in terms of in, encouraging them. People, I know your students just as well as mine, many of them have quit their jobs, given notice and said, guess what? I'm doing voice work and they are doing it. They're actually supporting themselves which is the whole reason why we do what we do. Exactly. It's the satisfaction of, I, I get proud. It's as if my own son is gotten this, uh-huh. this success and, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. We do I a mean, little I get more excited when they get work than when I do because I've been getting I, work for decades and, you that, know. <laughs> that I, t- I tell my students all the time, you send me success stories and I'll do a little dance. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Mark. I really appreciate it. You're always a delight to talk to, and we hope to have you again on the podcast soon. Thank you so much, Julie. Really, really appreciate it. Best of luck to you. I know this this is going to be, these are trying times. We're going to get through them. And what's really interesting is the people in our business, fortunately, we're doing okay. I think we might actually be able to to, uh, uh, ride this thing out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're very, very blessed.